People see some very strange things in the world. You ever noticed that? Paid attention to the stuff people say they see? Yeah, UFOs? No? Um, Elvis sightings? Anyone? Anyone? Angels, right? Like I saw an angel. All these stories of people who see angels and people who say they've seen Jesus especially the face of Jesus. I mean, serious. like sometime this afternoon, the next couple days, got a little bit of time extra, um, Google that, sightings of Jesus, and, and then pay attention, right? I, I spent some time looking, and it was just really clear to me that there were a lot of people that feel like they've seen Jesus' face. One guy said he saw Jesus' face in a cup of coffee, right? The way the cream, when they poured the cream in, just kind of swirled itself in such a way. Here's the deal. Now, I Drinking coffee is a spiritual experience. I'll be the first to admit that, right? And it's, it's, a, it's a holy thing for me. Uh, but that's interesting. Uh, and somebody else said they saw Jesus' face in a bowl of cereal. Yeah. I guess the flakes, the cornflakes, speaking of cornflakes, <laughs> sorry, that was unkind. Uh, you know, arranged himself in a certain way. I actually read the story of, of someone that said they saw the face of Jesus on their pancake. And, and they just weren't paying attention. They put the syrup on and then looked down and was like, oh. You know, and I don't know what it is about Jesus sightings and breakfast foods. But you'll find a, right, it's just interesting. And then you hear lots of people say, I saw Jesus in the clouds. I looked up in the sky and boom, there he is. And the way the, the sun rays light shine through the clouds. Yeah, in this second week of our series that we're calling Deconstructing Church, where we're talking about what church is not and what it is, why it matters, and how we know, and all those things, today we're going to be talking about the role of the church in helping people see Jesus on earth. Yeah, literally helping people see Jesus on earth. No, not in the clouds. Not pointing him out in a bowl of cereal, but in life. Because what you may not know is that the purpose of the church is to simply be and bring Jesus. To be Jesus on the earth, to bring Jesus, Jesus' way, an environment where Jesus is experienced, as we will see, on earth. That is our simple mission. Not in a spooky way, not like Jesus is physically here walking around. But no mistaking, Jesus is in reality actually present on the planet. It's as if Jesus looks to the church. What I want you to see is that as if Jesus looks at the church and he tells us, go be me. Y'all go be me. Like I left earth and I left y'all here to go be me and bring people a taste of me. Go be me. Be and bring Jesus. Now, the challenge that I think a lot of people face when they uh, bump up against this whole idea, people in church and Christians and all that, in, in culture, and I would even say within the church, pretty much Jesus boiled down to words on a page. Pretty much that's what Jesus is to most people. Words on a page, a story, right? Words on a page. Information. Theological, spiritual, religious information, a set of facts about the story of Jesus. Words on a page. 
Now, what's interesting about that is that Jesus is literally called the Word of God. That, that's his name. Yeah, John records this, if, and I wish we had time to completely paint this picture and unpack it for you, but John the Apostle, when he writes his account of Jesus' ministry, he begins with this, that in the beginning of creation, the beginning of time, in the beginning of the beginning, there was the Word. And he's talking about Jesus, as we will see in a minute. The Word. Jesus is the Word. Now, some of you might be going, well, I thought, I thought the Bible was the Word of God. I, I always, you know, thought, you know, heard the Bible... Well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with calling the Bible the Word of God. It certainly contains words from God. However, if you want to be really literal, really correct on this, Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus himself is what God has to say about himself to the world. When God wanted to communicate, we've talked about this before, when God wanted to communicate to the world who he was and what he was like, he sent Jesus in flesh and bone and blood and reality. Before there were words on a page that we call the Bible, before that, before there was even language to express words and communicate meaning, there was and is the Word. And Jesus the Word, just hang with me for a few minutes here. I'm, I'm going to paint a picture and I, I think you'll get it. Jesus the Word went to great lengths to make himself real so that he could be seen, experienced, and felt. This is how John records it. The Word became flesh. Talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Talking about coming to earth. And we have seen his glory. John saw it face to face. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son. Talking about Jesus, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. In that Jesus went to great lengths to be seen and felt and experienced. Now our challenge as a church is that we are often very content allowing Jesus to remain words on a page. We're very content. Right? We, we, we talk about Jesus. We tell the story of Jesus, words on a page. We explain Jesus and theological ins and outs, words on a page. We often, unfortunately, very content allowing Jesus to just be words on a page. And we talk a big talk. We explain lots of things. But what we have to do what we must do as a church is continue to flesh Jesus out, to take the word and, and put it into reality. It's not just a story. We actually have been commissioned by God to help the world see, feel, and experience the presence of Jesus on this planet, to be and bring Jesus that's my job, that's your job, that's the church's job. To basically show them who Jesus is. And this will become a little bit more clear, I think, as we go along. But just keep that in mind. Our job as a church is to be and bring Jesus. To flesh him out. To help the world see him and experience him and get to know him. 
Now, in order for us to do that, we got to know a little bit about who Jesus is, right? We really do. I mean, that just makes sense. If you're going to represent someone, then you need to know who it is you're representing. And so let's take a moment and, and just kind of look at this. I think this is a, a very quick tip of the iceberg snapshot of what we get to know about Jesus when we read about him in the New Testament, in the scriptures, yes, in the Bible. For, for instance, so if, just consider this. It's just tip of the iceberg, but here's a, here's a generalization. When you get to know Jesus, you understand that Jesus was not about a theological system. That was not what Jesus came to promote. It's a bunch of words on a page, a bunch of information about God. Jesus was not here to promote a new doctrine. That, that's not what Jesus was about. And those things have their place, but it's not the essence of who Jesus is. Jesus also was not about a list of rules. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, wanted Jesus to make a list of rules. They were all about the list of rules. And just, Jesus, if you could just tell people what they could do and couldn't do, and you just make it about that because we have our rules. We have a list of rules. Jesus, would you teach our rules? And Jesus wouldn't do that. He wouldn't let people boil down his message to a list of rules and do's and don'ts. And it frustrated a lot of people. But you need to understand, if we're going to represent Jesus' church, if we're going to represent Jesus, we need to understand this. Because if you look down through history, a lot of churches, what, what you get to know is when you get in church, a lot of churches are all about a statement of beliefs and a system. Or they're all about a list of rules. Do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. Oh, sorry, too bad, so sad. You missed it by that much. You broke the rule. Right? Jesus also was not about power. A display of authority which is interesting because he has all authority and he has all power. But he didn't come to bow his chest out and say, I'm the man. I made you, I made you, I made you, I made you. I'm the man. Y'all bow to me. It wasn't what he was about. So if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're, if you're going to be Jesus and bring Jesus, you need to understand that. Even though he had all power and all authority, it wasn't a display of his power. And also, Jesus didn't come to condemn people. He actually said that verbatim. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. John chapter 3, when he was having a conversation with Nicodemus, he said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save it. Now, there is such thing as people living in a condemned state. But Jesus said, that's not what I came to do. I came to save people. So if, you're going to be, if the church is going to be about what Jesus was about, we can't let condemnation be the main characteristic. Now, judgment is real, and there is evil in the world, and yes, sin is a real thing, and we can talk about all that like we have before. We've done a whole series where we've talked about that. But when you spent time with Jesus in the first century, your takeaway was not condemnation. You didn't end up feeling worse about yourself. A lot of people, that's their experience at church, right? So I don't go to church anymore. Here's why I don't go to church. Every time I go to church, I leave feeling worse. Now, sometimes, listen very carefully, you need to put your big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, look in the mirror, and admit, I got some issues, and I got to deal with some stuff, right? It's not all about always feeling good and nice. Truth sometimes hurts. Love is often tough. But the takeaway shouldn't be one of condemnation. If we're going to represent Jesus, we need to understand how he cared for people. Over and over, it was talked about how Jesus was full of compassion. He looked at people. He looked at the world. He looked at the mess the world was in in his day, and he was filled with compassion. I mean, when was the last time? When was the last time that was the church's response? Often the church's response 
you know, to the media and, and, and to the news of the world and, and the evil condition. It's just, just we, we shake our fists. I can't believe it. I can't believe. No, we need to be much more characterized by open arms rather than a closed fist. Yeah, we care and serve people. Instead of them serving Jesus, Jesus came to serve them. We need to understand that. That's who we got to be. That's our position. And to love unconditionally. That's what Jesus came to do. Love without condition. Without condition. Whether you are like me and whether you like me, I love you. Jesus was overly gracious. So much so, people walked away from Jesus. There were some people that walked away from Jesus and wanted nothing to do with Jesus because he was too accepting, too gracious. It made people feel uncomfortable. I can't believe he's eating with them. I can't believe he has a relationship with them. I can't believe he's hanging out with them. I can't believe, I can't believe he went to a party with them. <gasps> right? And the, understand, Jesus was full of grace. He was 100% grace and at the same time. Jesus raised the bar. He raised the bar. He was 100% grace and overly gracious and 100% truth. He was all grace and all truth all the time. He raised the bar on people. That's who Jesus was. And it made a lot of people feel uncomfortable. And a lot of people walked away from Jesus in his day because they just couldn't take it. Because Jesus was a man of truth. And he raised the bar. He made things a matter of the heart. He looked at people and said, I know you go around saying you're pretty good because you ain't never killed no one. I ain't never killed nobody, and that's great. That's wonderful. Jesus said, but you have hate in your heart. You have hate in your heart, which means you have a murderous heart. Jesus raised the bar. Mess with people. People would say, well, I ain't never cheated on my wife. I ain't never cheated on my husband. I've never committed adultery. I'm a pretty good old fellow. And Jesus was like, well, that's good. I'm glad you haven't. But here's the deal. You have lust in your heart. You have an adulterous heart because you look every woman and every man looks good to you up and one side and down the other when they pass you have an adulterous heart that freaked people out they didn't know what to do with that jesus was way too gracious for some people and way too truthful for others and jesus was all about sacrifice and submission that was his way the way of sacrifice and submission all you have to do is look at the cross and see that so if we're going to represent Jesus, if we're going to be and bring Jesus, which is the purpose of the church, then we got to get a fresh picture of who Jesus is. Let me say it like this. Jesus, God's plan from the beginning, the plan from the very beginning was that Jesus' followers would represent him on the earth, in the world, and the church would lead the way. That Jesus was accomplishing his mission, saving the world, changing people's lives, pointing them to who God is. And then at the end, after his death and burial and resurrection, giving himself for the sins of the world and coming back to life, he left earth and started the church. And the church was simply to continue what Jesus started. That I, I want you to go represent me. Go be me. And this church thing, is, this thing called the local church, is going to lead the charge, going to lead the way. This is what Jesus was, was getting at. And this is why we go back, and time and time again we go back to this. Because this is what Jesus meant when he said, I want you to love as I've loved you. I came to love you. I came to love the world so much I gave my life for the world. Yeah, absolutely. Now I want you to go do what I did. I want you to love like I love. 
in, in the beginning um, of the book of Acts, right before Jesus left earth, he told them, I want you to go be my witnesses. In other words, go be me. Go tell people about me. Go show them what I was like. Go show them who I am. Let them experience me through you all over the world. Start here locally and go global with it. That was the plan. And all throughout the New Testament, and oh, I love this and I can't wait. Later we can do a whole series just on this right here. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus has a body, and it's the church. The church is called the body of Christ. Jesus, who is physically no longer on the earth himself, still has a presence on the planet. His body is still here, and it's the body of Christ. And I submit to you, that is not just figurative. That is meant to be literal. No, not literally Jesus' body, but literally Jesus' presence on the planet. The body of Christ, the local church. Which means, listen church, we are to be the hands of Jesus. Doing in the triad and in this world what Jesus' hands would be doing if Jesus were physically here on earth. That's what we're to be doing. We're to be the feet of Jesus. Literally, going where Jesus would go, getting involved in what Jesus would get involved in, being about what Jesus would be about if he were here. And we are to be the voice of Jesus, saying what Jesus said, saying the kinds of things Jesus would say if Jesus were here. Make no mistake. I am not the Savior, you are not the Savior, the church is not the Savior. But our job is to point people to the Savior and help them see and experience and feel the reality of his presence on earth. To be more literal, our community should be able to look at our church and think, there's Jesus. The triad ought to be able to look at the Summit Church and think, that's what Jesus is like. And experience what Jesus is like and who Jesus is as if he were here. And the tragedy of it all is when people look at the local church and then reject Jesus because the local church has misrepresented who Jesus is. They're supposed to be able to look at the local church and go, there's Jesus. But when the local church drops the ball, fumbles that opportunity, gives it away, or just fails to step up, and people not only reject the church... But they go, oh, and you guys are supposed to be representing Jesus? If that's what Jesus is like, if the way you're treating me is what Jesus is like, if the way you're responding to me, the church, is the way Jesus is, then not only do I want nothing to do with you, I don't want anything to do with your Jesus either. And they walk away, not just from the church, that's one thing, but they walk away from Jesus, that's another thing. That's the most tragic thing. God forbid it. God help us, Summit Church, that anyone ever, ever get to know us and get close to
to us as a congregation and then walk away from Jesus as a result. And some of you, that's your story. That's why you quit going to church years ago, and maybe that's why you're back to church for the very first time ever in a long time. Or maybe that's why you're on the edge. You're on the edge. You're on the verge of walking away. Maybe that's your story. Well, if that's your story, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry. And secondly, Jesus is better than his imperfect church. You need to know that. The real Jesus is better than his imperfect church, and he is still at work in spite of all of it and can change your life and impact your life in spite of all of it. But come on, church. Come on, this is our job. We're here to point people to him and so that people will look at us and get a load of us. And when they get a load of us, they experience a lot of him. And people go, There's, that's what Jesus is like. No, they're not perfect, but I just tell you, man, I, I think that's what Jesus was about. Okay, let me take this and make it a little bit more personal because I, I think we need to make it a little bit more personal because it's easy for us to hide. It really is easy for us to hide in a, in a crowd this size and, and being online. You're kind of watching it from a distance. It's really easy to kind of blend in to the numbers, right? Remember last week we talked about how the church is not just a building. It's not just a place and space. That we, the church is about people. It's about gathering. And the gathering is not just about the big gathering. It ultimately comes down to me and you. We are the church. M me, you, we are the church individually. And that will never be collectively as a church what we will not be individually as a church. <laughs> so with that in mind, let me take it one step further. People should be able to look at you and think, there's Jesus. Just like the church is supposed to be taking Jesus to a lot of people is just story. It's just information. Baby in a manger, you know, first century, healing people, doing all these things. The church is to take Jesus and, and help, him, help people realize he's not just words on a page, to, but we're to flesh him out in reality and show people what he's like and live his mission out in real life. Just like that's the church's job. Since the church is made up of people like me and you, that's our job. That's my job. That's your job. They're to look at us and conclude, there's Jesus. Now, that is if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if that's what you are. You call yourself a Christian. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, first of all, we are so glad you're here. Maybe you're checking it out. Maybe you're just curious. I don't know what reason brought you here, but we're so honored that you would join us online or you would show up at one of our locations and that we're honored to have you here. You need to understand that you're under no obligation whatsoever to do what I'm getting ready to talk about. This is not on you. You are free to just observe at this point. Okay? However, everyone else who calls yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, none of us get a pass on this. This is on us. We are to be and bring Jesus. No, not physically, but literally Help people see. And they're to look at us and go, there's Jesus. As if he were already here, present 
in the world. And the tragedy, the tragedy, let's go there again, of it all is if people look at you and your life and me and my life and then they walk away from Jesus because we've misrepresented him personally. That's the tra most tragic thing I know is that someone would walk away from Jesus because of me, because of you, who claim to be his. And we live our lives in such a misrepresentation of who he really is that not only do they reject you and go, I can't stand him, I can't stand her, they're just, oh. But they take it one step further and they go, and if that is what Jesus is about, and if that's who Jesus is, and if that's what Jesus is like, then I don't want Jesus, and I don't need Jesus either. Some of you, that is your story. It wasn't necessarily the church that hurt you. It was someone in the church who claimed to, right, they were in a group, and well, they were involved, and they loved Jesus, and oh, yeah, they just talked a big talk. They were a lot of words on the page. But when you got close to them, you realized to all talk. And you experienced such hurt and disillusionment that not only did you want nothing to do with them, but you've walked away from Jesus. Or you're on the edge, on the verge of walking away from Jesus too. If that is you, if that is your story, hear me very well. I am so sorry that that was your experience. And you need to know Jesus is better than his imperfect followers. Not only is Jesus better than his imperfect church, he's better than his imperfect followers. And he will still change your life. Still wants you to get to know him. Even though from time to time, his children misrepresent who he really is. So, while we're nice and chummy, right, this is on me too. Let's go back to who Jesus is is and what it was like. Now this time, I don't want you to think of the church. I don't want you to think of the summit. I want you to think about you. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about you as a husband, a wife, a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister, a family member, a friend, an employer, an employee. I want you to think about who you are as an individual and understand if you represent Jesus, that even your, your life following Jesus can't be about a system of beliefs. A lot of people, that's what it is. They call themselves a Christian, and they call themselves a Christian because they believe a bunch of stuff about God. They believe a bunch of stuff. Well, it's great to believe stuff, and we'll talk about what we believe and why we believe it. We'll talk about that in this series, actually, in a couple weeks. But if that's all your relationship with God is, is pretty much a doctrinal statement of beliefs, okay, come on. People, I, it's just so interesting to me. I get emails all the time, lots of fun emails. But one of the emails that I get more than any other email is Christians that are coming to our church wanting to know what we believe about stuff. What do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? What are you, what's your stance on this? And what's your policy on this? And what's your, what's your, and it's always fascinating. Hmm. There's only about three to five that come up over and over and over again. I won't get into what they are, but they're always the hot buttons for someone specifically, right? They're always like, well, we want to know what you say. We want you to say it. And it's, everybody's got their list. No one ever asked me about their individual sin. I don't know why. 
No one, no, one, no one ever wants to know what the church says about what they struggle with. They just want to know what the church says about what everybody else struggles with. Huh, interesting. I don't know where I was going with that. Other than the fact that Jesus is not a system, right? And your life cannot just be about a system of doctrinal statements and, or, or rules or rules. I grew up... I grew up thinking that your Christian life is all about not doing this and doing this, not doing this and doing this. And, and this year, trying to do less of the bad stuff and more of the good stuff and making progress. Well, listen, there's nothing wrong with doing less bad stuff and more good stuff. That's all good. But that's not about what following Jesus is. Side note, Jesus spent most of his time with people who were seen by culture as rule breakers. He spent most of his time with those people. Fascinating. It's not about power. Being a Christian is not about who you know and what you know. Not about a political agenda, a personal agenda. Not about authority. It's not about condemnation. I mean, if people in your Christian life, as follower of Jesus, I mean, if people spend time with you and their takeaway is they're just against me, they're against everything. They just condemn. I mean, when you when you watch the news, when you watch what's going on in the world, if your knee-jerk reaction is to shake a fist instead of open your arms tells you something you get to come back what jesus is all about because you're supposed to be him to the world and care be compassionate serve people and love them unconditionally no matter what no matter what and be overly gracious listen has anyone ever accused you of being too gracious good because unless you've ever been accused of being too gracious you've never touched what it's like to be as gracious as jesus yeah how about this? Do you raise the bar? You willing to raise the bar? Some of you are like, oh yeah, truth, truth. Christians are all quick to hop on the truth train. Love the truth train. Woohoo! You know, here we go. Tell them. Tell them like it is. Let them have it. But here's the deal. Here's what Jesus meant by raising the bar. Jesus said, you got to start with yourself. Look in the mirror, raise the bar in your own life first. And instead of worrying about the speck in your neighbor's eye, I want you to focus on the log the beam of issues in your own life. And once you get yourself all squared away, then, then feel free. Go around and raise the bar. But Jesus is all about raising the bar. And Jesus, if, if you're going to follow Jesus, okay, it's all about sacrifice and submission. Which means we got to take Jesus' words very seriously. When Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to follow me, he didn't describe following him as, you're going to be so blessed, you won't know, you won't know. Now listen, God does bless us, and that's great. But that's not how he described it. He said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to deny yourself. De deny yourself. And, and, and pick up your own cross, throw it on your own shoulder, and follow me. Because that's where I'm going. I'm going to a cross. You, you coming with me? You want to be with me? I'm going to a cross. Sacrifice. Submission. So I look at this. And I want you to ask yourself a question. I have to ask myself this question. How much of Jesus do they see when they look at me? So, man, that's a lot of pressure. It's not about pressure. It's not about pressure. It's about purpose. Because, see, this is the purpose of my life, purpose of your life as a follower of Jesus is how much Jesus do they see when they look at me? Purpose. Jesus is our true north. He's our true north. He's our center. 
And we got to constantly be bringing ourselves back because sometimes I get bent this way, I get bent this way. Sometimes I end up doing and saying things the exact opposite of Jesus. I got to constantly bring myself back. Not to a list of rules, not a theological system, a list of do's and don'ts. No, but back to who Jesus is, the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus constantly. He's our true north. And this is so important, church, because we will never be collectively what we will not be individually. It's on me, it's on you. And let's hear where this happens, okay? Let me give you a word picture or something to keep in mind. This does not happen at church. Being Jesus to the world does not happen at church in the one hour that you're here. It happens in the 167 hours in between the one hour a week that you're here. I just did that math that quick. No, I didn't. I planned that out. It took me a few minutes. There's 168 hours in a week. 168. You're here one. That means there's 167 hours in between the one hour that you're here. That's where this happens. That's where this gets lived out. And it starts at home. So, husband, wife, ask yourself, how much of Jesus does my spouse see in me? Parents, how much Jesus do my kids see in me? How much Jesus do my friends see in me? How much Jesus do my coworkers see? Or do they just know I go to church in that one hour and the rest of the 167, well, that's mine. I can basically do what I want. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and Jesus is what I do on Sunday, and me is what I do. I just do me during the week. Oh, you have got to come back to true north. You have got to come back. How much of Jesus do they see when they look at me? As they get to know you, how much are they, get, are they getting to know him? And what are they getting to know about him? Or another way, when they get a load of you, do they get a lot of him? Just a little. Let's pray that God would help us here. Father, I need you to help me. Forgive, forgive me. And I need you to help us. Forgive us for being content, allowing you to just be words on a page, beliefs and, and rules and a story and information and all of that may have its place indeed. But you came to show how real you were and left us here to continue the job no, we're not you. We're not the Savior. But we're to point people to you and their need for you and our need for you. Never lose sight of our own need for you. So help me, help us to live our lives in such a way that people look at us and they get a, they, they get a picture of you. Help us as the summit that our community, community will see you through us. Help us as individuals that people will see you through us. May we never be content to just talk a big talk. May we live this out and continue to flesh you out. In Jesus' name, amen.